0: You are now in The Sapphire Planet. Mount Everest, also known in Nepal as Sargamatha, and in Tibet as Chomalungma, is the Earth's highest mountain. It is located in the Mahalangar section of the Himalayas. Its peak is 8,848 meters or 29,029 feet above sea level and is the fifth furthest point from the center of the earth. The international border between China and Nepal runs across the precise summit point. Its massif includes neighboring peaks Lhotse at 8,516 meters or 27,940 feet, Nupse at 7,855 meters or twenty-five thousand seven hundred and seventy-one feet and Changse at seventy five eighty meters or twenty-four thousand eight hundred and seventy feet in 1856 the great trigonometric survey of India established the first published height of Everest then known as Peak 15, at 29,002 feet, or 8,840 meters. The current official height of 8,848 meters, or 29,029 feet, as recognized by Nepal and China, was established by a 1955 Indian survey and subsequently confirmed by a Chinese survey in 1975. In 1865, Everest was given its official English name by the Royal Geographical Society upon a recommendation by Andrew Waugh, the British Surveyor General of India. Waugh named the mountain after his predecessor in the post Sir George Everest Although Tibetans had called Everest Chomolungma for centuries Wall was unaware of this because Tibet and Nepal were closed to foreigners at the time thus preventing any attempts to obtain local names Mount Everest attracts many highly experienced mountaineers as well as capable climbers willing to hire professional guides. There are two main climbing routes, one approaching the summit from the southeast in Nepal. This is known as the standard route. And the other from the north in Tibet. While not posing substantial technical climbing challenges on the standard route, Everest presents dangers such as altitude sickness, weather, wind, as well as significant objective hazards from avalanches and the Kumba icefall. While the overwhelming majority of climbers will use bottled oxygen in order to reach the top, some climbers have summited summited emerist without supplemental oxygen. The first recorded efforts to reach Everest summit were made by British mountaineers. With Nepal not allowing foreigners into the country at that time, the British made several attempts on the North Ridge route from the Tibetan side. After the first reconnaissance expedition by the British in 1921 reached 7,000 meters, or 22,970 feet, On the north coal, the 1922 expedition pushed the North Ridge Route up to 8,320 meters, or 27,300 feet, marking the first time a human had climbed above 8,000 meters. Tragedy struck on the descent from the north coal when seven porters were killed in an avalanche. The 1924 expedition resulted in the greatest mystery on Everest to this day. George Mallory and Andrew Irvine made a final summit attempt on June 8, 1924, but never returned, sparking debate as to whether they were the first to reach the top. They had been spotted high on the mountain that day, but disappeared in the clouds, never to be seen again, until Mallory's body was found serendipitously in 1999 at 8,155 meters, or 26,755 feet, on the north face. Tenzing Norgay and Edmund Hillary made the first official ascent of Everest in 1953 using the southeast ridge route Tenzing has reached 8,595 meters, or 28,199 feet, the previous year as a member of the 1952 Swiss Expedition. In 1802, the British began the Great Trigonometric Survey of India to determine the location and names of the world's highest mountains. Starting in the southern India, the survey teams moved northward using giant theodolites, each weighing 500 kilograms or 1,100 pounds, and requiring 12 men to carry to measure heights as accurately as possible. They reached the Himalayan foothills by the 1830s, but Nepal was unwilling to allow the British to enter the country because of suspicion of political aggression and possible annexation. Several requests by the surveyors to enter Nepal were turned down. The British were forced to continue their observations from Teriya, a region south of Nepal, Which is parallel to the Himalayas. Conditions in Teriyat were difficult because of torrential rains and malaria. Three survey officers died from malaria, while two others had to retire due to failing health. Nonetheless, in 1847, the British continued the Great Trigonometric Survey and began detailed observations of the Himalayan peaks from observation stations up to 240 kilometers or 150 miles away. Weather restricted work to the last three months of the year. In November 1847, Andrew Waugh, the British Surveyor General of India, made several observations from the Sawajapur station located in the eastern end of the Himalayas. Kangajekamaka was then considered the highest peak in the world, and with interest, he noted a peak beyond it, about 230 kilometers away, which is about 140 miles. John Armstrong, one of WA's officials, also, saw the peak from the location farther west and called it Peak B. Waugh would later write that the observations indicated that Peak B was higher than Kangajenga, but with the great distance of the observation, closer observations were required for verification. The following year, Waugh sent a survey official back to Tierra to make closer observations of Peak B. But clouds thwarted all attempts. In 1849, Waugh dispatched James Nicholson to the area and made two observations from Girol, 190 kilometers or 120 miles away. Nicholson then took the largest theodolite and headed east, obtaining over 30 observations from five different locations, with the closest being 174 kilometers, or 108 miles from the peak. Nicholson retreated to Patna on the Ganges to perform the necessary calculations based on his observations. His raw data gave an average height of 9,200 meters, or 30,200 feet for peak B. But this did not consider light refraction, which distorts heights. However, the number of clearly indicated that Peak B was higher than Kangjenuk Juma. Then Nicholson contracted malaria and was forced to return home without finishing his calculations. Michael Hennessy, one of Wa's assistants, had begun designating peaks based on Roman numerals with Kinga Jingwa named Peak 9 while Peak B now became known as Peak 15. In 1852 stationed at survey headquarters in Durandan Rodantha Sikadar an Indian mathematician and surveyor from Bengal, was the first to identify Everest as the world's highest peak, using trigonometric calculations based on Nicholson's measurements. An official announcement that peak 15 was the highest was delayed for several years as the calculations were repeatedly verified. Bois began work on Nicholson's data in 1854 and along with his staff spent almost two years working on the calculations, having to deal with problems of light refraction, barometric pressure, and temperature over the vast distances of the observations. Finally, in March 1856, he announced his findings in a letter to his deputy in Calcutta. Kangajugaganga was declared to be 28,156 feet or 8,582 meters while peak 15 was given the height of 29,000 feet and 2 or 8840 meters. Waugh concluded that peak 15 was probably the highest point in the world. Peak 15, measured in feet, was calculated to be exactly 29,000 feet high, but was publicly declared to be 29,002 feet in order to avoid the impression that the exact height of 29,000 feet was nothing more than a rounded estimate. Wow is therefore wittingly credited with being the first person to put two feet on top of Mount Everest. While the survey wanted to preserve local names, if possible, Wa argued that he could not find any commonly used local name. Wa's search for a local name was hampered by Nepal and Tibet's exclusion of foreigners. Many local names existed, including Didoganga, which means holy mountain, in Darjeeling, and the Tibetan Jomalungba, which appeared in a 1733 map published in Paris by the French geographer D'Anville. In the late 19th century, many European cartographers further believed, incorrectly, that a native name for the mountain was Garisankar. Garisankar is a mountain, but it's between Kathmandu and Everest. Wa argued that because there were many local names, it would be difficult to favor one name over all others so he decided that Peak 15 should be named after George Everest, his predecessor in the Survey General of India. George Everest opposed the name suggested by Waugh and told the Royal Geographical Society in 1857 that Everest could not be written in Hindi nor pronounced by the native of India. Waugh's proposed proposed name prevailed despite the objections and in 1865 the Royal Geographical Society officially adopted Mount Everest as the name for the highest mountain in the world this is great however the modern pronunciation of Everest that you and I use Everest is different from Sir George's pronunciation of his surname. name the family of Sir George pronounces their name Everest could you imagine Mount Everest I don't think it would work the official Tibetan name for Mount Everest was Jomolanga which means Holy Mother the official Chinese name is simpler and, and it's similar it means Holy Mother as well In the early 1960s, the Nepalese government coined a Nepalese name for Mount Everest, Sargamatha or Sargamatha, alleged to supplant the Tibetan name among the locals, which the Nepalese government felt was not acceptable. In 2002, the Chinese People's Daily Newspaper published an article making a case against the use of Mount Everest for the mountain in English, insisting that it should be referred to as Mount Jomalangma based on the local Tibetan name. The article argued that British colonists did not first discover the mountain. It had been known to the Tibetans and mapped by Chinese as Jomalanga since 1719. The eighty eight forty eight meter or twenty nine thousand and twenty nine feet height given is officially recognized by Nepal and China, although Nepal is planning a new survey. In eighteen fifty six Andrew Wall announced Everest, then known as Peak fifteen as twenty nine thousand and two feet high after several years of calculations based on the observations by, by the Great Trigonometric Survey. The elevation of 8,848 meters, or 29,029 feet, was first determined by an Indian survey team in 1955. It made closer to the mountain, also using theodolites. It was subsequently reaffirmed by a 1975 Chinese measurement of 8,848.13 meters, or 29,029.30 feet In both cases the snow cap and not the rock head was measured In May 1999 an American Everest expedition directed by Bradford Washburn anchored a GPS unit into the highest bedrock a rock head elevation of 8,850 meters or 29,035 feet and a snow-ice elevation of one meter or three feet higher was obtained via this device. Although it has not been officially recognized by Nepal, this figure is widely quoted. Geoid uncertainty casts doubt upon the accuracy claimed by both the 1999 and the 2005 surveys. A detailed photogrammetric map at a scale of 1 to 50,000 of the Kumba region, including the south side of Mount Everest, was made by Erwin Schneider as part of the 1955 International Himalaya Expedition, which also attempted Lhotse. An even more detailed topographic map of Everest was made in the late 1980s under the direction of Bradford Washburn using extensive aerial photography. On October 9, 2005, after several months of measurements and calculations, the Chinese Academy of Sciences and State Bureau of Surveying and Mapping officially announced the height of Everest at eight thousand eight hundred and forty-four feet point forty three meters or twenty nine thousand seventeen feet point sixteen feet with an accuracy of plus or minus zero point two one meters or zero point six nine feet. They claimed it was the most accurate and precise measurement to date. This height is based on actual highest point of rock and not on the snow and ice covering it. The tiny Chinese team also measured a snow ice depth of 3.5 meters or 11 feet, which is in agreement with the net elevation of 8848 meters or 29,029 feet. The snow and ice thickness varies over time, making a definitive height of the snow cap impossible to determine. It is thought that the plate tectonics of the area are adding to the height and moving the summit northeastwards. Two accounts suggest the rate of change are 4 millimeters, or 0.16 inches per year, upwards, and 3 to 6 millimeters, or 0.2 to 0.24 per year northeastwards. But another account mentions more lateral movement 27 millimeters or 1.1 inch and even shrinkage has been suggested that the mountain might actually be getting shorter. Nothing conclusive yet. No one knows quite for sure. The summit of Everest is the point at which the Earth's surface reaches the the greatest distance above sea level. Several other mountains are sometimes claimed as alternative tallest mountains on Earth. Mauna Kea in Hawaii is the tallest mountain on Earth when measured from its base. It rises over 10,200 meters or 33,464.6 feet when measured from its base on the mid-ocean floor, but only attains 4,205 meters, or 13,796 feet, above sea level. By the same measure of base to summit, Mount McKinley in Alaska is also taller than Everest. Despite its height above sea level of only 6,168 meters, or 20,236 feet. Mount McKinley sits atop a sloping plain with elevations from 300 meters, or 980 feet, to 900 meters, or 3,000 feet, yielding a height above base in a range of 5,300 to 5,900 meters, or 17,000 to 19,000 feet. By comparison, reasonable base elevations for average range from 4,200 meters or 13,800 feet on the south side to 5,200 meters or 17,000 feet on the Tibetan Plateau, yielding a height above base in the range of 3,650 to 4,650 meters or 12,000 to 15,000 feet. Another interesting segment is the Chimborazo in Ecuador. It is 2,106 meters or 7,113 feet farther from the Earth's center than that of Everest because the Earth bulges at the equator. Very interesting. Geologists have subdivided the rocks comprising Mount Everest into three units called formations. Each formation is separated from the other by low-angle faults called detachments, along with which they have been thrust over each other. From the summit of Mount Everest to its base, these rock units are the Jomolangma Formation, the North Coal Formation and the Rongbuk Formation. From its summit to the top of the yellow band is about 8,600 meters or 28,000 feet above sea level. The top of Mount Everest consists of the Jomolungma Formation, which has also been designated as either the Everest Formation or the Laguma Formation. It consists of grayish to dark gray or white, parallel laminated and bedded Ordovician limestone interlayered with subordinate beds of recrystallized dol- dolomite with Argyanseans laminae and siltstone. Gassner first reported finding microscopic fragments of crinoids in this limestone. Later, petrographic analysis of samples of the limestone from near the summit revealed them to be composed of carbonate pellets and finely fragmented remains of tribulites, crininoids, and ostracods. Other samples were so badly sheared and recrystaled that their original constituency could not be determined. A thick white-weathering bed that is 60 meters or 200 feet thick comprises the foot of the third step, the base of the summit pyramid of Everest. This bed, which crops out starting about 70 meters or 300 feet below the summit of Mount Everest, consists of sediments trapped, bound, and cemented by the biofilms of microorganisms, especially cyanobacteria in shallow marine waters. The Jomalangma formation is broken up by several high-angle faults that terminate at the low-angle thrust fault, the Jomalanga detachment. This detachment separates it from the underlying yellow band. The lower 5 meters of the Jomalanga formation overlying this detachment are very highly deformed. The bulk of Mount Everest, between 7,000 and 8,600 meters or 23,000 and 28,200 feet, consists of the North Coal Formation, of which the yellow band forms its upper part between 82 to 8,600 meters. The yellow band consists of incalculated beds of the Middle Cambrian bearing marble, which weathers a distinctive yellowish brown. Petrographic analysis of marble collected found it to consist as much as 5% of the ghosts of recrystallized crinoid ossicils, the upper 5 meters of the yellow band lying adja- adjacent to the Jomalanga detachment is badly deformed. A fault in the breccia separates it from the overlying formation. There is flora and fauna up at Mount Everest. Euphorus omnisupstis, a minute black jumping spider, has been found at elevations as high as 6,700 meters, or 22,000 feet, possibly making it the highest confirmed non-microscopic permanent resident on Earth. It lurks in crevices and may feed on frozen insects that have been blown there by the wind. It should be noted that there is a high likelihood of microscopic life even at higher altitudes. Birds such as the bar-headed goose have been seen flying at the higher altitudes of the mountain, while others, such as the chow, have been spotted as high as the South coal at 26,000 feet, scavenging on food or even corpses left by prior climbing expeditions. There is a moss that grows at 6,480 meters, or 21,000 feet on Mount Everest. This may be the highest altitude plant species on Earth. Besides rubbish, the degradation on Himalayan peaks and other issues concern longtime Everest guides and climber Apa Sherpa. He said that when we first started climbing Everest, the trail to the stomach was covered with ice and snow. But now it is dotted with bare rocks. The melting ice has also exposed deep crevasses, making expeditions more dangerous. APA organized an expedition to remove 4,000 kilograms or 8,800 pounds of rubbish from the lower part of the mountain and another 1,000 kilograms or 2,200 pounds from higher areas. In 2008, A new weather station at about 8,000 meters, or 26,000 feet, went online. The project was orchestrated by stations at high altitude for research on the environment, who also placed the Mount Everest webcam in 2011. The weather station is solar-powered. Because Mount Everest is the highest mountain in the world, It has attracted considerable attention in climbing attempts. A set of climbing routes have been established over several decades of climbing expeditions to the mountain. Whether the mountain was climbed in ancient times is unknown, but it may have been climbed in 1924. By March 2012, Everest was climbed 5,656 times. Although shorter mountains can be longer or steeper climbs, Everest is so high the jet stream can hit it. Climbers can be faced with winds beyond 200 miles per hour when the weather shifts. At certain times of the year, the jet stream shifts north, providing periods of relative calm on the mountain. Other dangers include blizzards and avalanches. In 1885, Clinton Thomas Dent, president of the Alpine Club, suggested that climbing Mount Everest was possible in his book, Above the Snow Line. The northern approach to the mountain was discovered by George Mallory and Guy Bullock in their initial 1921 British reconnaissance expedition. It was an exploratory expedition not equipped for a serious attempt to climb to the mountaintop. With Mallory leading, and thus becoming the first European to set foot on Everest's flanks, they climbed to the north Col to an altitude of 7,005 meters, or 22,982 feet. From there, Mallory espied a route to the top, but the party was unprepared for the great task of climbing any further, and descended. The British returned for a 1922 expedition. George Finch, commonly known as the Other George, climbed using oxygen for the first time. He ascended at remarkable speed, 290 meters or 950 feet per hour, and reached an altitude of 8,320 meters or 27,000 27, feet the first time a human had climbed higher than 8,000 meters. This amazing feat was entirely lost on the British climbing establishment, except for its unsporting nature. Mallory and Col. Col. Felix Norton made its second unsuccessful attempt. Mallory was faulted for leading a group down from the North Col, which got caught in an avalanche. Mallory was pulled down too, but seven native porters were killed. The next expedition was two years later in 1924. The initial attempt by Mallory and Bruce was aborted when weather conditions precluded the establishment of Camp 6. The next attempt was that of Norton and Somerville, who climbed without oxygen and in perfect weather, traversing the north face into the Great Collier. Norton managed to reach 8,550 meters, or 28,000 feet, though he ascended only 30 meters, 98 feet or so in the last hour. Mallory rustled up oxygen equipment for a last-ditch effort. He chose young Andrew Irvine as his partner. On June 8, 1924... George Mallory and Andrew Irvine made an attempt on the summit via the North Coal North Ridge Northeast Ridge route, from which they never returned. On May 1, 1999, the Mallory and Irvine Research Expedition found Mallory's body on the north face in a snow basin below and to the west of the traditional site of Camp 6. Controversy has raged in the mountaineering community whether one or both of them reached the summit 29 years before the confirmed ascent and, of course, safe descent of Everest by Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay in 1953. In 1933, Lady Houston, a British millionairess, funded the Houston-Everest flight of 1933 which saw a formation of aircraft led by Marquise of Clydesdale fly over the summit in an effort to deploy a British Union flag at the top. Early expeditions, such as Bruce's in the 1920s and Hugh Rutledge's two unsuccessful attempts in 1933 and 1936, tried to make the ascent of the mountain from Tibet via the North Face. Access was closed from the north to western expeditions in 1950, after the Chinese asserted control over Tibet in 1950. Bill Tillman and a small party which included Charles Houston, Oscar Houston, Betsy Cowles, undertook an exploratory expedition to Everest through Nepal along the route, which has now become the standard approach to Everest from the south. The Swiss Expedition of 1952, led by Edward Weiss Dunant, was granted permission to attempt a climb from Nepal. The expedition established a route through the Kumba Icefall and ascended to the south pole at an elevation of 7,986 meters, or 26,201 feet. No attempt of an ascent of Everest was ever under consideration in this case. Raymond Lambert and Sherpa Tenzing Norgay were able to reach a height of about 8,595 meters or 28,199 feet on the southeast ridge, setting a new climbing altitude record. Tenzing's experience was useful when he hired to be part of the British expedition in 1953. In 1953, a ninth British expedition, led by John Hunt, returned to Nepal. Hunt selected two climbing pairs to attempt to reach the summit. The first pair, Tom Bordillion and Charles Evans came within 100 meters or 333 feet of the summit on May 26, 1953 but turned back after running into oxygen problems. As planned, their work in route finding and breaking trail and their caches of extra oxygen were a great aid to the following pair. Two days later, the expedition made its second and final assault on the summit with its second climbing pair, the New Zealand New Zealander Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgwe, a Nepali Sherpa climber from Darjeeling, India. They reached the summit at 11.30 a.m. local time on May 29, 1953 via the South Coal Route. At the time, both acknowledged its as a team effort by the whole expedition. But Tenzing revealed a few years later that Hillary had put his foot on the summit first. They paused at the summit to take photographs and buried a few sweets and a small cross in the snow before descending. News of the expedition's success reached London on the morning of Queen Elizabeth II's coronation, June 2nd. Returning to Kathmandu a few days later, Hunt, a Briton, and Hillary, a New Zealander, discovered that they had been promptly knighted in the order of the British Empire for the ascent. Tenzing, a Nepal Sherpa, who was a citizen of India, was granted the George Medal by the United Kingdom. Hunt was ultimately made a life peer in Britain while Hillary became a founding member of the Order of the New Zealand. Hillary and Tenzing were also nationally recognized in Nepal, where annual ceremonies in schools and offices celebrate their accomplishments. The next successful ascent was on May 23, 1956, by Ernest Schmid and Jareg Marmont. This was followed by Dolph Riest and Hans Rudolf von Guten on May 24, 1957. After this, the next summit was not until Jim Whitaker and Nguyen Gumbu on May 1, 1963. At the higher regions of Mount Everest, climbers seeking the summit typically spend substantial time within the death zone, altitudes higher than 8,000 meters or 26,000 feet, and face significant challenges to survival. Temperatures can dip to very low levels, resulting in frostbite of any body part exposed to the air. Since temperatures are so low, snow is well frozen in certain areas and death or injury by slipping and falling can occur. High winds at these altitudes on Everest are also a potential threat to climbers. Another significant threat to climbers is low atmospheric pressure. The atmospheric pressure at the top of Everest is about a third of sea level pressure or 0.3 standard atmospheres or 33, 337 millibar resulting in the availability of only about one third as much oxygen to breathe. Dehabilitating effects of the death zone are so great that it takes most climbers up to 12 hours to walk the distance of 1.72 kilometers, or one mile, from the south coal to the summit. Achieving even this level of performance requires prolonged altitude acclimatization, which takes 40 to 60 days for a typical expedition. A sea-level dweller exposed to the atmospheric conditions at the altitude above 8,500 meters, or 28,000 feet, Without acclimatization, would likely lose consciousness within two to three minutes. Most expeditions use oxygen masks and tanks above 8,000 meters or 26,000 feet. Everest can be climbed without supplementary oxygen but only by the most accomplished mountaineers and at increased risk. Humans do not think clearly with low oxygen, and the combination of extreme weather, low temperatures, and steep slopes often require quick, accurate decisions. The use of bottled oxygen to ascend Mount Everest has been controversial. It was first used in 1922 British Mount Everest Expedition by George Finch and Geoffrey Bruce, who climbed up to 7,800 meters or 25,600 feet at a spectacular speed of 1,000 vertical feet per hour. Pinned down by a fierce storm, they escaped death by breathing oxygen from a jury-rigged setup during the night The next day, they climbed to 8,100 meters, or 26,600 feet, at 900 feet per vertical hour, nearly three times as fast as non-oxygen users. Yet the use of oxygen was considered so unsportsmanlike that none of the rest of the Alpine world recognized this high ascent rate. George Mallory himself described the use of oxygen as unsportsmanlike, but he later concluded that it would be impossible for him to summit without it, and consequently used it on his final attempt in 1924. When Tenzig and Hillary made the first successful summit in 1953, they used bottle oxygen with the expedition's Physiologist Griffith Pugh referring to the oxygen bait as a futile controversy, noting that oxygen greatly increases subjective appreciation of the surroundings, which after all is one of the chief reasons for climbing. For the next twenty five years, bottled oxygen was considered standard for any successful summit.